Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Go to two different scriptures. I really want to sit in this stool, but like this thing is so, it's so awkward. I've, now I feel like I'm a teacher with this big thing up here. Um, go with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 1. If you've got a Bible, Genesis chapter 1. That's 1 in Spanish, in case you didn't know. Um, I am bilingual. Uh, Genesis, I'm, no, I'm kidding, I'm not. Genesis chapter 1 and then Matthew chapter 18. Mr. Green, we've had enough. Please stop raising your hand. Just kidding. Um, you had a what? You had a fact about being bilingual, yeah. sure. Okay, so I'm in child development, and we were talking about kids that grow up in like a bilingual home where you speak English, Spanish, or another language. They're better at problem solving. Mm, I am a good problem solver, well, and I do say. I do use Uno often. <laughs> we play Uno at the game too, so we're very bilingual in my home. Um, Hey, so we're, we're not really starting like a series. We got three weeks left until we get to 2022. I can't believe that we're almost at another new year. Uh, I'm hoping, by the way, that this new year is better for me uh, because the, so what, what's, what's it, December 3rd, 31st? Is that the last of December? Is it 30th? Uh, like the day before New Year's, um, I was notified that I was in contact with someone. And by I say contact, I mean, we drove in the car for three hours, like close contact talking. And um, they're like, hey, by the way, I'm so sorry, I have COVID. And so I literally got quarantined by my wife in a bedroom for all of New Year's. And uh, it was super lame to watch TV by myself. Uh, so I'm hoping New Year's is better. But as we round the corner, we got three weeks left. And uh, the last Wednesday that we'll meet, it's, I think it's December 19th, maybe that's what it is, so in two, two Wednesdays, whatever that date is, uh, we're doing a family dinner again. Uh, kind of like last week before retreat, we did a big dinner, we hang out, we're doing our ugly Christmas sweater party, we're doing a family dinner, it's going to be amazing, and so make sure you're marking your calendar. And you're coming up with the most creative, ugly Christmas sweater that you can possibly find, because um, it's going to be awesome. But in, in the last three weeks, here's what I want to do. I, I want to talk about worship. One of the things that I really feel like as the youth pastor or shepherd person who's leading, overseeing, uh, been entrusted by God to help keep our community moving in a certain direction, one of the things I feel like the Lord wants to help us to get better at, and I don't mean better at performing, uh, we're not taking vocal lessons, I don't mean better at knowing like, okay, what, what are the appropriate church cues? Well, on the, on the verses you clap your hands, on the chorus you raise them, and on the bridge you look constipated. Like it's like, like those are like church cues, right? It's like, oh, the bridge is coming. It's going to be intense. I think I, I think we're we're going into a tag of beautiful name. Get ready. Um, I, I don't mean like that. I, I feel like the Lord wants to help us in our hearts to really understand, like, why do we worship together? Like, like, why, why do we do the things that that we do? When, when, when we come together and we're singing songs up here, why are we doing that? Why, why, why do we come together and why do we take time every time we gather to sing songs? Why is it that pastors and leaders are like encouraging us like, come on, sing out, come on, like lift up your hand. Like, why are we doing this? I'll never forget when I was in eighth grade, I invited uh, one of my friends to church who uh, wasn't like a church person. Uh, he's one of my best friends growing up uh, or best friends for seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And then, then we, we, we moved from uh, California to here. But uh, he, he, he wasn't like a church person. He, he didn't go to church. He wasn't familiar with church. And I remember inviting him to, on, to youth group on a Wednesday night. And we're in the middle of worship, very similar to this. 
And um, I, I'm, I'm just not thinking, right? Because I'm a pastor's kid. I've been in church since I was little. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm worshiping. And I'll never forget, he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey. Like, yeah, he goes, what are we doing? And it occurred to me like, oh, he, he has no idea what we're doing. And it occurred to me, I don't fully know why we're doing this, but we do it every week. Like we sing songs. And, and here's kind of what, what I want to say up, up front tonight as we talk about worship. Worship is not complicated, but, but worship is multi-layered. And here, here's what I mean by that. You can't just talk about worship in one sermon. It's like, oh, we covered everything. Um, there are so many different aspects to worship, partly because, hear me, your worship is not a song, but it's your whole life. Like, you realize your entire life is worship before the Lord. So, so let's just get on the uh, challenging train real quick. The way you talk to your teachers and to your parents is worship. Like, we don't think about that, but like the attitude we have and the way that we roll our eyes, that's like part of our, should be part of our, our, our worship. The way we interact with people, the way we love people, the way we make decisions to say, no, no, I'm actually going to stay pure and holy before the Lord, that's worship. The Bible says this, uh, Romans 12:1. it says, offer your whole body as a living sacrifice. Not just on Wednesday nights between uh, 7 o'clock and 7.20 approximately when you're singing songs. It says, no, no, offer your whole life as worship before the Lord. So, so when we talk about worship, it's, it's hard for a preacher like me to stand up here and be like, oh, we're going to talk about worship because there's always someone's like, well, actually, you are just referring to the song, but my life is worship. Like, like we, we get it, okay? It's complex. It's complicated. It, there, there, it's multi-layered. Um, I, I had a friend in, in high school. I remember he uh, was a actually professional wakeboarder. Uh, he was a professional wakeboarder, I think, until like last year. Like he did it for a like, pretty, pretty long time. And um, in the wakeboard community, which I'm not a part of. He was like really famous. And so I guess that's a big deal. But I remember in high school, like he, like he, he would never engage. And I remember in small group one time, our small group leader was like, hey, um, how come you never engage in worship? And he goes, well, my worship before the Lord's my, my wakeboarding. It's like, okay, like I, I kind of get that. But, but, but worship is, is bigger than just saying like, I do cool tricks on a wakeboard but I do them for Jesus. Like it's like, it's layered. So I'm saying all this because what, what I want to communicate tonight, just understand it's part, someone say part. It's part of the equation. And so is worship more than what we'll talk about tonight? Absolutely. Is it more layered than what we'll talk about tonight? Absolutely. But, but I really want to stir us tonight at, at least to start a conversation of why are we doing what we're doing? And, and P.S., like eyes, ears, maybe even if you don't give me your eyes and ears, just get, like, give, give me your attention real quick, which I mean would be your ears. So I guess that doesn't make sense. But, but here, here's what I want you to hear. The reason I think it's a big deal we understand what we're going to talk about tonight is because it's going to start to make sense why sometimes we we go to engage in worship and, and not to be over spiritual, but the enemy tries his hardest to get us to disengage. Like there's a reason people are like, ah, I don't really do the whole worship thing. Yeah. Like some of that is, is, is preference, which I'll just say get over. But the other part of it, it's a spiritual thing because what I want us to see tonight is the power. Someone say power. power. 
the power in our worship. And uh, I'd ask you to go to Genesis chapter one. Uh, I, I want to start by reading uh, Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And then we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, Genesis chapter one, starting in verse numero, that's Spanish, by the way, bilingual, uh, numero uh, dos six. Um, shut up. Uh, here's what it says. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. P.S. This, like, this is just free, okay? This is not even like, you know, in, in, in the sermon. But do you know why it's a big deal that we grow and become more like Jesus? Because the more we grow and the more we become like Jesus, and the more we allow Jesus to form us into his image, the more we actually discover who we were really created to be. Like the greatest form of self-discovery is not backpacking across Europe. It's becoming formed into the image of Jesus because the Bible tells us we were created in the image of Jesus, in the likeness of God. And the more we are changed and transformed into becoming more like him, the more we're really becoming like ourselves again. That's, that, that's just free. But uh, Genesis 1:26. let us make him in our, in, in our likeness. And then it says this, let them have dominion dominion. Someone say dominion. Dominion. You got to say it with a little attitude. Dominion. Let, let them have dominion. Here, here's what I want us to, to think about uh, dominion tonight. Dominion is delegated authority. I'll give you an example. Uh, my three-year-old Graham, Graham the man, does he have authority in my household? No, no he thinks he does. Like he, he's, he's in this thing right now where he's like, I'm the boss. I'm like, I will knock you into next Tuesday, bro. You are not the boss. Edit that out of the podcast. Um, but he, he's got no authority in my house. He's three years old. Until two months ago when Bethany Rose was born, he was literally the bottom of the chain. But, but two, two days ago, I said, Graham, go upstairs and tell your sisters it's time to come downstairs and get their backpacks ready for school. I sent him upstairs with delegated authority. Graham, you don't have authority, but now you have authority because I'm delegating it. I'm giving it to you. The Bible says we were created in the image of God. And it says this, let them have dominion or delegated authority. The, the NIV version says rule over, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and over every uh, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and listen and subdue it. Fill the earth and dominate it, rule over it, subdue it, have dominion, have delegated authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Did you know that Genesis chapter one is the last time that God ever said anything and it happened on earth because he said it? The, the, the whole creation account goes like this. God said, let there be light. And then there was light. God said, let the, I, I can't even think of all the different things God said. Uh, God, God said, let there be the separation of water and land. And then there was the, like God said, and it happened. But that's the last time you will find in scripture that happening. Do you know why? Because God delegated his authority to you.
You carry the delegated authority of God and you were created and made in his image, his likeness. And in the same way that God said, and there was, God has now given you and I responsibility to say, and there be. Hold, hold, hold on, Brandon. Um, you mean I could just like tomorrow be like, in the name of Jesus, I need a girlfriend. And it's like, not, not, not like that. Be, because remember my example with Graham? Graham had delegated authority to go and to communicate what I said. So what you will find throughout all of scripture is that God in Genesis said, and then there was, but then the rest of scripture, what you will see is that God speaks to men and women, to his children, his people, and then they take their delegated authority and say, God said this, and then it happens. This is why it's one of my favorite examples. This is why John chapter one, verse one, it's so easy to go find it. It says, in the beginning was the word. When, but you, it's talking about Jesus though. Why, why, why is it calling G, Jesus the word? Because for thousands of years, God, he, he gave prophetic words to men and women of the coming of the Messiah. And they used their delegated authority to say, God said the Messiah is coming. God said salvation will come. And, and they literally took what God said and they brought it into the earth because they have delegated authority. Bump your neighbor with your elbow, not too hard, but hard enough to get their attention and just say, you got authority. <clears throat> you, you, you have authority. All right, cool. All right, so jump over real quick. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. <clears throat> P.S., just give me like, like, like a, a head nod or something. Is this making sense so far? Making sense so far? Making sense? Okay, we, we good? All right. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 18. <clears throat> I'm going to read verse 18 through verse 20, and then we're, we're going to jump in, into kind of the, the, the meat of the sermon. Um, listen to what it says, though. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, Jesus is referring to our delegated authority. Matthew 10, 1, Jesus said, I'm giving to you authority to go and to do the works that I'm doing. Listen to verse 19 though. And I say to you that if two of you, someone say two of you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three, someone say two or three. Two or three. I'm, I'm liking this participation tonight. By the way, if your neighbor is not participating, uh, feel free at any point during the sermon uh, to slap them upside the head. Um, for where two or three agree on earth concerning anything. I, I kind of lost my place to be honest. Okay, or where are we at? Verse 20? Yeah, verse 20. Um, for where two or three are gathered, someone say gathered. gathered. P.S., do, do you know what the church is? The church is the gathering place. That's what the church is. The, the church, it, it's a gathering of the called out ones. Church is not a building. Church is not, a, not an address. It's not, it's not a staff. It's not a pastor. The church is the gathering of the called out ones. And it is, it is local gatherings like this that make up the, 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 the global church. The, church. the church of Jesus Christ is not a singular local church. Lakeshore or LYC is not any more significant or any less significant than any other local church on the planet. I don't care if it's a local church of 10 people or 10,000 people. Every local church is significant because it makes up the global church. And, and the church is the gap. So what we're doing here tonight 
is we are gathering. We're, we're gathering under and in the name of Jesus. It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, listen, I am there in the midst of them. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title of the sermon tonight is simply this, take responsibility. Take responsibility. Uh, last time, I, I, I think I promise, uh, I'll tell you to do this. Look at your neighbor, give him a very firm look and say, take responsibility. Come on, like you, okay. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't hear enough attitude. I don't hear enough volume. Look, look, wow, wow. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Mystic Green, come here, Mystic Green. Mystic Green, Mystic Green. With as much attitude as you can, just tell, tell the room, take responsibility. You need to take responsibility. Man, if that was my mom, I would cry. Um, here, here, here's kind of, kind of what I want to preach from tonight. I, I want to preach from this idea that you and I, that we really do ha have to start taking responsibility for the world we live in. You, we cannot control the globe. I know we get updates on our cellu cellular device about global and national issues, but, but here's the reality. You, you don't have power and, and haven't even necessarily been called by God to control or affect things that are happening, happening globally or maybe even nationally. But you know what you do have responsibility for? You, you got responsibility for your world. You have responsibility for your attitude. You have responsibility for your emotions. You have responsibility for your words. D dare I even say, you have responsibility for the, let's just go here first, for the atmosphere and environment spiritually of your bedroom. You, you got responsibility for the spiritual climate of the world you live in. You live in a different world than I live in, but my world, my family, my home, my, I have responsibility. And, and I kind of want to challenge you tonight to recognize that we, we have to stop allowing or just letting things happen to us, but we start, we have, we got to start happening to things. Does that, does that, that make sense? One of the things uh, that I'll never forget, by the way, tonight, um, I won't embarrass her too much, but Madison Dozier, everyone say, hi, Madison. Hi, Madison. Madison Dozier, uh, she, she's family to Jenny and I. Uh, her mom and dad, uh, Pastor Jason and Elise, were mentors to Jenny and I when we first started doing youth ministry. And uh, I love their family so much. But I'll never forget when her, when her dad was the youth pastor. Um, has anybody ever said something before? And when they say it, you look at them like, I don't think you're allowed to say that. I'm like, that's not, that's not. I'll, I'll never forget this kid came and um, he's, like, he's like, Pastor Jason, um, I got this huge test coming up. Well, like, well, will you pray for me that I'll get a good grade? And he goes, um, oh, wow, did, have, have you been like, like working really hard to study? Oh, no, not really. Have you been doing your homework? Not really. And he goes, no, I'm not praying for that. That's, that's a stupid prayer request. I'm like, he's the pastor. You can't say that. But in essence, what he was saying was, bro, you got to take responsibility. And here, here's what I want you to see tonight. We really do have a responsibility because we've been given delegated authority. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is just my first thought. And I'm kind of just going to talk from my heart for a little bit. But number one is this. You got to realize that you really do have delegated authority. That you, you actually do carry something. You, you, you actually have been given something by Jesus 
And because you've been given by Jesus authority, you have responsibility right there. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. I'm going to go really quickly, but just second thought is this, that there's power in your mouth. See, because the delegated authority that we've been given primarily, hear me tonight, it is in your mouth. Did you know that your words hold extreme power? Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 18, verse 20 through 21, it says this, a man's stomach, kind of, kind of a weird way to phrase it, but really it just means life. A man's life shall be satisfied or filled from the fruit of his, someone say it, mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. In other words, what the Bible says, and again, like this is layers, so, so, so don't be like, you know, that's not true because, you know, X, Y, and Z, just, it's layers. But what the Bible's telling us is that in large part, your life, your world right now, your, your emotions, everything, that it is a product of the words you've been speaking. It goes on verse 21 and says this, for death and life, someone say death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. James chapter three, verse five, it's a very short verse. It just says this, James three, five. It just says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Your, your, your mouth is a big deal. And, and your, your, your mouth and your words are a big deal because remember in the beginning, God, he, he did what? He spoke and things happened. God said, and in the same way, you and I have been given responsibility. We've been given delegated authority to say, hold on, my, my words literally hold power and authority. And so I, I can't just be, be saying things. I, I can't just be, be venting my feelings. I can't just be venting my emotions. I, I, I can't live life as a thermostat. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I can't live my life as a thermometer. You, you know what the difference is between a thermo, thermometer and a thermostat? Uh, what's the difference? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yep. Thermostat. That's that. Yes. Yes. A thermometer just tells the temperature. That's all it does. And do you, do you know how, how many of us are, are our words, our life, all you, all you are is a thermometer. Have you ever met someone that just says stuff? It's like, yeah, no, duh. Like, like yeah, hey, th- thank you, Captain Obvious. Like, like, again, not to just keep on, you know, har- harping on Graham the man, but like, Graham the man. Sometimes I'm like, Graham, no, duh, son. I don't actually say that, but I'm like, hey, Captain Obvious, no, duh. Like, like literally, the, 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 the other day, um, the, it, like, it, you ever just woke up and you're kind of like already irritated because you're just a little bit tired and maybe someone woke you up and you didn't want to be woken up. Uh, we, <laughs> Jenny put the kids in the car to take them to school and all of a sudden she calls me. I'm like, oh, I must have forgot something. I say, hey, yeah, what's up? She, she goes, hey, um, we, we were leaving and Graham said he had to tell you something. It was very important. I'm like, okay. You guys know it's fall right now and there's leaves everywhere. And so she puts them on speakerphone and he goes, dad, the yard's a mess. You need to blow the leaves. <laughs> like, yeah, no duh, Captain Obvious. 
But, but a lot of us, it's like our, our words, all they are are thermometers. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, I'm so frustrated about this. And, and all we do is, is we just speak the problem. We, we, we speak negativity. We, we, we speak things that are happening. We, we, a lot of times, we forecast our future. Yeah, I just know it's gonna be the worst. How do you know that? Well, I, I just, I assume that it's gonna be the worst. Yeah, you know, just, I, I, I know the circumstance, it's gonna be really tough. Ah, oh, this teach, and, and we, 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 we're a thermometer with our words and we don't realize here's what we're doing. Proverbs 18, 20, verse 21 says, your whole life, it's dictated by the words you speak. Your life is filled. Your, your, your life is satisfied by the words that are coming out of your mouth. Why is that, Brandon? Let's just backtrack real quick. It's that way because Genesis chapter one says you've been given delegated authority. The, the Bible says it works that way because God has given you dominion on this earth and delegated authority. And that's why your words hold such power. God has not called us to be thermometers. God has called us to be thermostats. We, 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 we do not have time to read this scripture, but, but, but you can go and you can look at the Lord's prayer. And one of the things that the disciples are like, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And, and one of the things Jesus says is when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. Can anyone finish it? Oh, come on. You, you, you guys were so bold. And then we trailed up. All right, come on. Can, as a group, can we finish it? Thy kingdom come. We, like, we, we all know that partially because that is a, dare I say, cliche prayer in our culture. It's, it's something that in certain schools and certain, you know, arenas and fields, it's like you say the Lord's prayer as a religious thing, but Jesus wasn't saying that like, hey, just pray this prayer religiously. He was giving us a roadmap. And what Jesus is saying is when you pray, you gotta be getting a sense from heaven and saying, thy kingdom come right here. Thy will be done right here in my life, in my circumstance, the way that it already is in heaven. Like you, 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 ever, you ever been to an ice cream store and, 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 and you, you get the little scooper, like the little, little sample spoon, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, the little scooper, yeah, that's what I called it, shut it. Um, the, here, here's the reality, all we have on earth is a little sample spoon of everything that's in heaven. We, we have already been, if we've given our life to Jesus, we've been blessed in Christ Jesus. We've been seated in heavenly places. We have so much that's already been given to us that is in, in heaven, that eternally we will experience in fullness. But we're supposed to be saying, God, you've given me delegated authority. You have said that I have the ability through the power of my mouth to take your word and your promises and say, God, what you said, what you promised, I'm saying I need that in my life on earth just as it is in heaven. Like, like, like there's some Bible verses that I think people roll their eyes at, but they roll their eyes at it because they, they, they really don't understand it. Here, here's a verse, Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. Anyone know what that verse is? It's the verse that says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind beyond all understanding or something like that. But people are like, okay, unrealistic. 
be anxious about nothing. Honestly, Brandon, I tried that one time. I totally tried it. And I totally, like, I went to God. I'm like, God, I'm so anxious. And I just, I just think I'm going to get a bad grade. And, and I didn't feel any better at all. Yeah, do you know why? Like not being legalistic about it, but because you didn't go as one who has delegated authority. See, the part of that verse that we don't often get is it says, let your request be, be, be made known to God with thanksgiving. What, what, what does it mean with thanksgiving? It means you come to God and you say, God, I'm coming to you and I'm thanking you in the name of Jesus that you are my healer. God, I, I just take time and I thank you and I receive right now that you are my provider, that you are my source of wisdom and come, whatever it is we have need. And we, with thanksgiving, with delegated authority, go to God making prayer and petition and request, but in a way of faith and thanksgiving that says, God, you promised it. And so I'm saying, right, I'm not hoping for it. I'm saying this belongs to me. Brandon, how does this have anything to do with worship? Like, what are we even talking about right now? We're talking about like our words. Here, here, here's, what, here's what I'm gonna do real quick. Um, let's go. What was someone's favorite song tonight? What's the favorite song we sang tonight? Anybody? Great things, great things. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's go, let's go th these two. All right, these two. They're just shorter than, than, than the Fresh Wind one. Okay, <clears throat> let me just read these lyrics real quick. And let's pretend that they're not a song. I give you glory for all you've brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. God, your presence is an open door. And I want you, Lord, like never before. But let's just, let, let's switch it up with great things. <clears throat> Come, let us worship our King. Let us bow down at his feet. God, you've done great things. See what our savior has done. See how his love has overcome. God, you've done great things. I, I love this chorus. God, you're our hero of heaven. You conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you've done great things. God, I'm dancing in your freedom. I'm awake and I'm alive. Oh, Jesus, my Savior, your name lifted high. God, you've done great things. You, you know what we're doing in our worship, right? We're, we're Matthew chapter 18. Like, hey, Brandon, what, what do we do on Wednesday nights when we gather together? We're, oh, we're, we're Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 through 20, ing it. That doesn't even make sense. But... What does it say that, hey, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. Hey, when, when, when two or three come together and agree on earth concerning anything, it will be done. See, we, we have responsibility individually, 100%. But we also have responsibility corporately because Jesus said, hey, when you gather in my name, realize there's, there's authority and there's power there. Hey, 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 don't just, don't just think that we're gathering because it sounds better in, in unison. No, 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 no. Sometimes it sounds worse in unison because Pastor Brandon can't sing and he thinks he can sing. It's not about how it sounds. No, it's that when you gather, that my presence is there. When you gather, there's power and authority there. And when you gather and you come into agreement in truths and realities and promises, and declarations of faith, 
You're, you're bringing heaven from heaven from earth. You're bringing heaven down to earth. See, what, what, what I want us to see tonight is that there is power in our worship because there's power in your words. There's not power in, in worship because we're singing songs and God goes, okay, you know, I, I am God Almighty and I really wanna move and I really wanna do great things. I love that song they wrote about me. It's true, I do great things. And I'd love to do great things, but before I do, I need to really see them just give it all they got. Like, like to, to be honest, I, I kind of used to think this because th there's scriptures and there's verses that say we enter into God's presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. There's scriptures that say that uh, God, he's enthroned or he, he inhabits the praises of his people. And, 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 and old me, 17, 18 year old me, I used to think like, okay. So like when we come and worship God, he's like, yeah, all right. Come on, keep going, keep going. You feeling it? You feel, right. like that, that was the key or something. Like, like if we just worshiped and, and if it pleased God's ear, it, 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 it provoked him. But, but I'm, I'm coming more and more to understand, no, that, that's not it. There's power in our worship because there's delegated authority that's been given to us and there's power in our words. There's power in our declaration. There's power in our agreement together. There is power when we, when we gather, whether we're in this room or you are by yourself, there is power. When, when, when you lift up your heart, your hands, your words, and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender to you, God. God, God, I need a fresh wind. Like I was gonna sing it, but I'm like, I can't sing and that'd be so bad. But like, God, I need a fresh wind. The, the fragrance of heaven, like there is power. Why? Because you've been given delegated authority. And we've been given responsibility to take that authority, to take that delegated authority God's given us and say, God, this is what your word said. This is who I know that you are. See, some people are like, well, I can't because I don't really know the Bible or not. You don't have to know necessarily verse by verse, but, but sometimes we just come to worship and we go, God, I know this is who you are. God, I, God, I know that you're a good God. And so right now my words and my song and my melody, they're gonna tell this body that doesn't really feel that way. God, I know that you're a healer, but my body is not healed. So I'm gonna tell my body with my worship, you are healed. Why? Because there's power in my words. There's power in my agreement. I, I, I know that it does not feel like there is peace, but I'm gonna tell my circumstance, God, you, you're the God of peace. Peace is a promise you, you've made. I want to read one last scripture and then we'll, we'll end. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 26. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 26. Number three, if you're taking notes, you can just jot this down. I already said it, but there's power. Power is released when you and I worship. Acts chapter 16, here's what it says. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Paul, Paul and Silas we don't have time to read the whole story, but Paul and Silas, essentially they're in prison for their faith. They're, they're, they're in jail because of their decision to follow Jesus and, and, and do what God's asked them to do. Which by the way, should be an encouragement because sometimes I think we get discouraged. We're like, I don't know, man. Like I'm really trying my hardest to follow God and do the right thing. And things just aren't going well. And, and we, we take it as a sign that somehow like we're not doing the right thing. But in all reality, sometimes it's just a confirmation. Be, because first Peter says, hey, you, 
you shouldn't be surprised when you fall into various trials, knowing that this at times is experienced by all. What does James say? What does Romans say that, hey, count it joy when you fall into various trials or tribulation, knowing that, that God, he's doing something and God didn't cause it, but God is actually going to work it out for your good and for your benefit. Paul and Silas are in prison. They're not just in prison, but many, many, many scholars and theologians believe that be, because of where they were in prison, that they were probably knee, maybe waist deep in, in sewage. That is human feces and nastiness. They're, the Bible says they're, they're shackled. They're surrounded. Like it's not a good, it's a good circumstance. Like it's not, it's not really a good season for them. This is not the New Year's Eve they were hoping for. You know what I mean? And it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26 says suddenly, someone say suddenly, suddenly. I know a lot of people that they really want suddenly moments, but, but they're not willing to worship when, when, when times are tough. They're, they're not willing to worship when they don't feel like it. They're not willing to worship, dare I say, long enough. Like, like I want really good food sometimes. I just don't want to cook it. Like I want like the ta-da meal. I just don't want to take the time it's going to. And, and suddenly only happens when you don't expect it. Like, like that's kind of true, right? If, if you expect it, it's not suddenly. Have you, have you, seen, have you seen Elf? Yeah, Elf. Um, my, my kids call him Elf the Buddy. Have you seen Elf the Buddy? Elf the Buddy. I love this scene where he, he gets demoted to the toy tester and he's doing the jack-o'-lanterns and it's like, and like that's suddenly. Like you're, you're, you're expecting it, but you're, it, it, I, and he, suddenly, verse 26 says, it didn't look like it, didn't feel like it, didn't seem like it, didn't seem like it was going to happen. But suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were, were loosed. I don't necessarily have, and Kimberly, if you want to play behind me, that'd be awesome and help me close. Um, I, I don't necessarily have like a, a theological, like doctrinal, like, well, they were, they were singing and they were praying these, I, 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 I don't know what they were saying. I don't know what they're praying, but, but he, here's what I see. I see two guys who are convinced of Jesus's reality. I see two guys who are convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. I see two guys who they know God is a good God. I see two guys who they know because they've experienced it. They've witnessed it firsthand that God is a healer, that God's a provider, that God does miraculous things. I, I, don't, know the, I don't know this chronologically. Well, I know chronologically in the book of Acts, that Acts 12 comes before Acts 16, duh, like duh, no, duh, duh, Captain Obvious. But I, 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 don't, I don't know. But here's what I wonder. Acts chapter 12, I believe, and it says that Peter was in prison and Peter was about to get beheaded. Anybody know what it means? I'm just kidding. You know what beheaded means. He's getting his head cut off. And, and it says, but the church was praying. The church was praying. And suddenly, someone say suddenly, 
And suddenly an angel of the Lord came and woke Peter up in the middle of the night, tapped him on his shoulder. Hey, bro, you ready to go? The Bible says Peter thought it was a dream. And, and the angel's like, hey, like, to get dressed. He's like, oh, like, this is a weird dream. I'm, I'm, I'm being free from jail. And, and, but, but it wasn't a dream. It was real. And, and the, the angel of the Lord literally walked him out of jail. I, I was reading the, this, this chapter. I never thought about this before, but I was reading it this week and I thought, I wonder if Paul and Silas were like thinking about that. I, I don't know if they were. I have no like Bible, like, and I just wonder, like, I, I wonder if anything like this had else had happened because the Bible says there are so many things that happen that are not even recorded that like, there's not room for it all. I, I, I wonder if they're sitting there in prison and I just can't help but wonder if they, if, if they thought about Peter's suddenly miraculous freeing from jail. What if they thought about any other things that they, they know they'd witnessed because what I do know is these two men who they knew Jesus was real and they knew that Jesus was, was who he says he is and that God was a good God and God was a miracle working, powerful God. And they're sitting in prison, in sewage. And the Bible says they were not thermometers. This sucks. This smells. No, duh, Paul. The Bible says they were praying and they were singing hymns to God. I don't know what they were singing, but they were praying and they were worshiping together. They were using their delegated authority, the power of their words, of their tongue to pray. You know, Paul's the one that wrote Philippians chapter four. Paul's the one that said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, imprisoned in the midnight hour, let your request be made known to God. With thanksgiving, call out to him. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul's the one that writes Ephesians and says, hey, be, be being filled with the spirit of God through singing and through worship. And here they are, they're singing worshiping, they're praying. And the Bible says, suddenly the power of God manifests. All the doors were opened. The whole prison was literally shooken. I was going to say shooken. That's not a word. It was shook. And all the prisoners were, all I'm saying is there's power in your worship. And there is a real temptation. I know it because I've experienced it that when we gather together corporately to instead of do this, do this. To instead of with all of our hearts sing out to God, what a beautiful name. I can't sing it. To be like, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. Like, like last thing I say and then we'll, we'll be done. It's 812. It's all a matter of the heart. Matt's going to preach a message next week and, and, and I, I think he'll touch on some of this. But it's all a matter of the heart. So, so just saying the words doesn't necessarily hold the power if it's not from your heart. If it's not a, if, if it's not a conviction in here. Like, you know one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my whole life? I searched so hard one Valentine's Day for like a great card and oh, I found the best card ever, 
And you know what I wrote in it to Jenny? All I wrote, the card says it all, Brandon. The card did not say it all, apparently, because she was P.O.'d. I'm, she was looking for like, yeah, but what's your heart though? You, there's words in here, but I don't feel like they're coming from your heart. It just, what a beautiful name it is. Death cannot hold you. Like, but, but are we connecting it to our heart? I'm, I'm telling you, there's times, like I'm, I, prom- I promise you I'm done. But I, I know because I'm a church kid, I'm a pastor's kid. There are times when I've been in a church service and I've been worshiping and I feel nada, like nothing. And it's literally because I'm, I'm singing lyrics on a screen, but I'm thinking about something else. I'm singing words on, on a screen because I have them memorized because I'm there every Sunday. But then there's other times, like, like, like honestly tonight, I wasn't in this room, I was in that room because I was available to pray with people. But we, we, we start singing, I think it was Caleb singing. We, we start singing this chorus. Oh, hero of heaven, you've conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. I'm telling you, like, even just saying that just now, like, I, I feel like it, it sounds overly spiritual, but I, I start to just sense the Holy Spirit. I, I, I just, it, it hits me because, because I'm taking the words and I'm going, oh God, that's not a song. That is not just lyrics on a page. That is not a melody. That is a reality, God, that you are the hero of heaven. That we were so lost without you and Jesus, you came and you did what we could not do. You literally conquered the grave. That every, every chain that, that, that held me, every bondage, every sin, that you broke every chain. You set the captives free, God. You're a good, it does something in my, in my soul. Why? Because, because I'm taking words and going, God, this is, these are not just words. This is not just a melody. It's not just a song. This is a reality. I think if anything else, what, what I would love for you to walk away with tonight is at least the awareness that you're carrying something. You're carrying delegated authority that we, that we are carrying something. That we have, we have authority, we have responsibility that when we gather together that God is in, in our midst. When we gather together and we come into agreement. Someone say agreement. Can I tell you, there, there is not agreement. There, there's not agreement when we got one person just all in worshiping God. And by the way, I always do this, but it's like you don't have to raise your hands like that. Like, you find the posture of worship that's meaningful to you. For, for so long, I worship like this. You know why? Because this a kid named Ryan Klaus, who is three years older than me, that I thought was so cool, he worshiped like that. And I literally remember the day in Kids Church, I'm like, right on, yes. And like, and like for so long, I'm like, I literally woke up and I'm like, why are you doing this? Oh, because Ryan Klaus did that. Let's, so like, for, for me, like, like this is, I'm, I'm always, but that doesn't have to be like your, your posture of worship. But, it, but it, it's not agreement when, when you got some people that are like, I'm, I'm all in. And then you got one person like, oh yeah, like pass the notes and someone picking their nose and someone like, oh my God, when is this gonna be? That's not agreement. 
agreement, no matter, no matter your posture, it doesn't matter your, your, your style. Agreement is when everyone's going, no, God, this is true. This is reality. God, with, I, I might be singing it differently. I might be postured differently, but my heart and my words, they're declaring the goodness, the reality. I'm declaring in faith who you are, what you can. There is power in our worship. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, King, King, King Solomon, I believe, he, they're, they're, they're dedicating the temple and it says that all the nation of Israel, I long for this day in church. All the nation of Israel in one voice, in unison, is singing and calling out to God. And the Bible says the presence of God fell and was so thick, no one could do anything. Everyone was just in awe. Of I, 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 I long for the days in church when there is such agreement in the room and there is such worship going to God that we experience his presence in such a way that it leaves us in awe. That every person can't help but walk away going, God was there. I don't know how to describe it, but I, he, he was there. There's power in our worship. And I, I, I just want, can I just say as the, as the, the lead leader, I, I just want us to be a, a youth community that we worship. Like, I, like I, I want us to, 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 to be a youth group that we know how to worship. We might not have it all figured out, but we can worship God. That we recognize the power of our, our words. We recognize the power of the, I, 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 want, I, I want us to be a people that like in our bedrooms, we, we know like, yeah, like I, I don't know what everyone's doing, but I do know that like we're people that we worship God even when we're in our bedroom that we're worshiping God in the car, that we just have a spirit and a heart that says, God, at all times, I'm gonna use my words to keep on lifting up your name, to keep on declaring who you are, to keep on exalting you. God, even if I don't have all the words, I'm just gonna keep on lifting up and telling of the goodness of Jesus. Why? Because I'm, I'm inviting your presence, your power, your spirit right here where, where I am. I, I, I don't know how, how, how much this is making sense. I gotta be honest because I, I feel it more than I know how to articulate it. But I wanna pray for us tonight that God really would give us a revelation of that and help us to more and more and more become a youth community. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.